0: Here's what's coming up on today's show.
1: Right? You don't have to worry about any foul play there. You don't have to worry about one of the kids finding the document and then shredding it or burning it because they looked at it and they don't like what it says and they like what the old one says.
0: Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer and here's your host, Ben George.
2: Welcome in. Glad to have you on the show today. This is Complete Estate Planning. I'm Ben George. He is Nick Rosenbauer, an estate planning attorney. He is also the owner of the Rosenbauer Law Office there in Westchester, Ohio. I think we got a good show today about storing your documents. I might, I might not have been the best tease for it, but people want to know what they need to do with their documents after they have their plan in order, right? Like because they are so important. We talked in our last episode about Aretha Franklin, and she had stored her will in her couch cushion. That's not yeah. where you want to put it, right?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I, it's probably a good thing that this episode's following that. And and basically, if you want the one sentence, you know, lesson on this episode, it's just. Listen to the last episode and don't do that. Uh, (laughs) To the opposite of Aretha. Exactly. uh, Exactly. And and look, we've talked about this, at least a derivative of this on other episodes. When we talk about, you know, once you do your plan, who needs to know? What information do you need to tell them? So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that one. I think we did that one uh, about a year ago. This is a derivative of that. Uh, on where to store everything. And, I'll, and we're also going to break down an option that some attorneys offer, some don't. Um, so Ben, if you're not aware, there are attorneys, there are law firms that will offer a service to store someone's original estate planning documents. You know, they have like a, a vault or a safe or, or something like that, or a deposit box at one of the banks. Uh, and they offer a service to store the originals. Okay? So we'll we'll talk about pros and cons of that. It's an old school thing. Um, it's not as common as it used to be. It's an option, but you really want to be careful and go through all the what ifs. It's not something I recommend. But yeah. it's it's out there. It's common enough that I figured something we should probably walk through for people.
2: Well, just referencing the episode you talked about is episode 18. So you can go back to that when my state That's plan a while is done. Ago. Who needs to know about it? Yeah, I thought it was about a year ago, too, Nick, but we're coming up on uh, three years, I think, here. Okay. <laughs> <Pretty soon>. So <laughs> we've been doing the podcast for a little bit uh, now, but yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a good episode and one that will help you out if you have questions about that. So we'll get into that today. Again, Cincinnati estate plan. .com is the website where you can get in touch with Nick and uh, get the resources that he offers out there as well. A lot of good tools and resources that you can utilize no matter where you are and, uh, and read up on that. But especially if you're in Ohio, there's the Ohio's Complete Guide to Estate Planning, some other documents there as well. So you can find that again online, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. What's going on with you Nick otherwise before we well, jump in? Well, we're
1: this. yeah, we're in the off season. Um so Team Mozzarella Sticks the <laughs> season has ended and uh we actually just had the coaches meeting for soccer uh for Uh-oh. this fall and you know, they haven't even given us the roster or anything like that because I guess there's a real coach shortage. Um like I mm. think right now You know, There's five teams that don't have any coaches. So it's sad uh, because there's a lot of kids who may not get to play uh, if they don't have anyone volunteer to coach. So they haven't even set rosters or schedules because there's a chance. It's sad. They may have to tell like 30 kids uh, because I think it's six kids on a roster this year because of how short the coaching is. They may have to tell like 30 kids or so that, hey, you can't play. Um, So they're – yeah. But uh, I, I've learned a couple things. You know, we talked last year. I am not going to be out coached this year, uh, like we did with uh, Team Big Corn's, uh <laughs> second to last game uh, uh, last year when I got Belichicked, uh, so to speak. Uh, that is not happening, and it did not happen uh, for T-ball for mozzarella sticks. That's that's something I've kept an eye out for. Um, but uh, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be starting up here pretty soon and uh you know it's weird because uh, i guess i feel like a college coach with a transfer portal because my entire roster is going to be turned over because uh out of the four (laughs) out of of the four kids from big corn last year two of them are older than my son so they're going to be like i guess the cutoff they're going to be playing in the next age group up uh and then the other kid who's younger uh, than my son um he's not uh, i don't think he's playing uh, so he's not going to be on the team so I guess this is what it feels like to be a college coach you know with uh, with the transfer portal so we're gonna have all new uh, we're gonna have all new players uh and and we're gonna have to I, I got no idea what the squad's gonna look like um so we'll <laughs> have to wait till uh, we'll have to wait till we get to training camp right yeah indeed well
2: I <laughs> always love hearing the coaching stories and i when I heard the the soccer coaching meeting was around. I was just thinking back to last year. So uh, yeah. definitely worth listening to some past episodes if nothing else, just to get an update from the soccer fields with Nick as head coach. There's some <laughs> entertainment
1: there for sure. And Come then up. turn it off. Don't even listen to the legal <laughs> stuff.
2: <laughs> uh, well, let's talk some legal stuff then. Why don't we, uh, we got a good show today about you know what you should do with your documents, right? Once you have them, how do you store them? And, one option that's out there, as you talked about, uh, after they're signed and things are done, in order to keep them safe and accessible, why not just keep them with the attorney that you worked with to, uh, to craft these documents, right? And keep those original documents to their office. So start this off, did, did you say, Nick, that not every attorney offers this? Or is this something that your estate planning attorney should have the ability to do if you choose to?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, first off, it's old school. So 30 years ago, Everyone did it. Uh, The big downtown firms would rent like one of like a massive safe deposit box at one of the banks and the smaller firms would have like a steel cabinet, you know, in the file room. Yeah. Um, Now, that was also before, you know, frankly, before it was easy to make copies, uh, before scanning, before emailing, um, you know, so it was if you lose this document, you know, heck, Before Microsoft Word files, right? You know, there was a time when you just typed the darn thing up on a typewriter and that was the only record. Mm -hmm. And if anyone lost anything, you know, no one had any record of it at all, you know? And also, it wasn't like you could ever email something to someone. Um, It is less common now. And and full disclosure, you know, I'm going to try and give an unbiased view of this, but I don't do it. I think it's a bad idea. I don't like it for me like for my practice and i also don't like it for the clients but we'll go over it and then you know if if someone out there has a a firm that they're working with that offers the service you know we'll at least go through pros uh, and cons Um, but it's not as common uh, as it used to be but it uh, but it's it's definitely still out there i think more with larger firms than uh, smaller firms, and also I think more with kind of urban or downtown, you know, than out in the city, uh, than out of in the suburbs of the country.
2: All right, well, let's jump into it. Then we'll break down the pros and cons, and give you some you know, some more some reasons on both sides on why you may or may not want to, if it is an option for you. You want to start positive or negative here?
1: Uh, let's let's start positive, okay. and then dis- and then we'll just kind of like dispel all of them uh, okay. on the backside. <laughs> so, what are the pros um, then? Yeah. So, obviously, from the client standpoint, um, and back in the day, one of the one of the big positives was if you called the lawyer, the lawyer could look at your documents and answer your question. Okay, because we didn't have copies or scans or digital files, and they could actually look at it. You don't need that anymore, but that used to be one of the big pros. Also, uh, responsibility and liability—you know, it's not on you. You have a professional who is responsible for caring and safeguarding and keeping the documents safe, right? So it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like passing the buck and having someone else handle it for you. Um, and then, obviously, because of liability, attorneys who still offer this service. They, they typically have everything buttoned up. So usually it's very good. It's very secure accommodations, under lock and key, fireproof. You know, they don't keep it in the basement. So, so you know, a lot of times they'll use like a, a safe deposit box vault at a bank. So it is, you know, especially if the attorney is liable for it, usually they'll keep it extra safe. Okay, so there's, there's good there. So you obviously... At least from your standpoint, as the family, as the client, low risk of the documents getting lost when you move, fire, flood, you know, mold in your house, what have you. So that doesn't matter as far as your legal documents being ruined. As long as you communicate correctly, you don't run into a situation where the family's tearing the house apart and going through documents and going through the file cabinets and in Aretha Franklin's case, going through the couch, cushion, notebooks, you know, and not or, or not being able to find things at all, you know, as long as they know, call the lawyer's office, we don't lose them. Okay. Um, and then also just from a familiarity standpoint, when the family calls the attorney, the f- they're definitely calling the attorney who did it or the firm. The firm has the file. They have familiarity with the situation. They put the work together There's no kind of getting up to speed or flying blind, I guess, for the attorney, okay, like you do in a situation where you're asking someone for help on a setup that they didn't do, you know, so the client calls, hey, I need to know about the will that you did for my mom. Okay, let me pull that file. I remember this, everything like that. So you have the continuity and you have the familiarity from the person who actually did it, or at least their firm. Okay, so you can see why there are, you know, this is not a 100% no one should ever do it. Like, you see how this can be good and be be beneficial, even though it's not something I do. But you can see the argument for it, right?
2: Yeah, there's definitely reasons— to consider doing it and maybe to do it, and it, especially you know if you if you aren't good at taking care of things on your own or you know you have a tendency to maybe misplace things. Obviously, this is a great <laughs> a great idea potentially, but I'm assuming now that technology is advanced and times have changed quite a bit from where this was pretty standard practice years ago. There's probably a number of downsides to doing this, right?
1: Yes, yeah, and actually, let me back up one more positive. Okay. Um, that I just thought of, you know, in a situation maybe where you're concerned about foul play or if you're not, if you're disinheriting someone, like I was thinking back to the Aretha Franklin situation, like um, if you're worried that one of the kids is going to find the new will, realize that they're not in it, and then it'll magically disappear, right? You don't have to worry about any foul play there. You don't have to worry about one of the kids finding the document and then shredding it or burning it. Because they looked at it and they don't like what it says, and they like what the old one says. Point, uh, obviously, yeah. not what happened in the Aretha Franklin case, but I said, man, what if the person who found it didn't like what it said? So, if you have a situation like that, um, you can you can walk over, you can protect against that. Or if you have nosy kids, hmm. you know, <laughs> you know, even if they're not going to de- even if they're not going to disappear it or steal it, what if you don't want them? rifling through your stuff yeah you know to to find out so it's one of those things you know i'm you know i'm not i'm still not convincing myself to go the other way but when you're thinking about you know what we just talked about in our last episode those are a couple things where having a secure off-site third-party storage would be helpful
2: makes sense okay well let's shift gears then to the cons. some of the reasons why Probably not in your best interest to go this route.
1: Well, you know, what law office is open 24-7, 365? Are you? Are you, not? I am not. <laughs> uh, no. Um, but and, and, and no one is, uh, for the most part. Yeah. So if you are in an emergency on Saturday at 3 in the afternoon, and you have to rush your wife to the hospital, and I have your medical documents, or I have, you know, the plan – you can call and leave a hundred voicemails. There's not gonna be anyone here on Saturday night. So you're stuck, okay? So contact and access, more importantly, has to be around normal business hours uh, of the office, okay. okay? Now, having copies or scanned copies makes this easier. 50 years ago, when that wasn't a thing, this could have been a nightmare, okay? This is not, that's not as bad as it was then. Um, also, what if the attorney moves? Or retires or goes out of business or the attorney dies. Um, We actually were dealing with a case recently where they had an unsigned copy of a draft will that someone supposedly did and the attorney died and disappeared and no one like took over the firm and so the family have no idea where this original will is. The guy's gone. There's no firm. You know, we're sending out email blasts. We're asking the Cincinnati Bar and the Dayton Bar Association to send an email blast to every attorney on their registry saying, hey, this family's looking for a will that was done by John Smith back in 1998. We know he's passed away. Does anyone know where his files are or you know, if he was married or, you know, if his wife is still living and are there boxes in the basement? Right. So, so that's, that's what's going on. Um, you know, and then also kind of the flip side, assuming they go MIA, even if they don't, you know, what's the succession plan? Okay. What attorney takes over the business? What attorney takes over the file? How do you know you're going to like them? We don't even know who it is. Um, And then, you know, obviously, apart from, like, the attorney moving, what if you move? Okay, what if you live here in Ohio and then you move to North Dakota and then your family moves and then they pass away? It's doable, right? And they have FedEx, but hey, uh, your will's sitting here in, you know, Westchester, Ohio, when it would be better if you could take the stuff with you. And then, you know, obviously, this is kind of the flip side, um, is what if the lawyer's office floods or catches fire, you know, or, or something like that? Um, you know, obviously, we don't have to worry about your house, but what if the office catches fire? We actually had a flood uh, in our office a couple of weeks ago, so that was oh, fun. Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> day after Fourth of July, the uh, you know, one of our basement window wells, the cover blew off. And water just started, like, submarining in um, through the window. Goodness. Oh, yeah. Um, and my probate paralegal and I, we literally took the plastic indoor trash cans. We're out there in the wind and the rain in our suits, ties flapping around. We're bailing water out of my window well, you know, with these plastic bathroom trash cans. I mean, I'll bet it looked like the Three Stooges <laughs> if you were if you were going by. Yeah. It was probably – it wasn't funny to me. But that would be something where I would drive by and say, ha, that looks funny. Yeah, you know, glad that's t- not me. <laughs> t- t- he's ha- Exactly, yeah, he's having a bad day. Glad that's not me. Um, but you could have a situation like that, um, you know. And then kind of going off the succession plan, what if you have a big firm with a lot of attorneys? Who's in charge? Who knows who you're going to deal with, if they're still there, if they've retired, if they've moved practice areas? So you have no idea who you're going to be dealing with. Um, one of the things, and I think a lot of attorneys, they won't admit it. Uh, not all, but some attorneys do this basically to hold the documents hostage. Okay. okay. Um, in two reasons, one, if you're still alive and you want to make changes and you talk to the other attorney and you don't like him and you call our office, that's really uncomfortable because you got to call their office and say, Hey, Mr. Smith, I know you did my plan but i'm breaking up with you can you send my file to my new lawyer right people do not want to have that phone call okay and there are people who will go back to that other attorney even though they don't like them just to avoid that that happens all the time i have clients come to me say this other attorney who i don't like wasn't nice to us never called us back has our file i want your help but is there any way you cannot?" you know, you, I don't have to tell them what's going on, okay? And then also, same play when you die and the family's in charge, you know, they're going to get a sales meeting, basically, from the lawyer. Say, so why don't you come pick up the file uh, on this day and meet with Mr. Nick Rosenbauer? You know, then the attorney basically, you know, you know, they, they, the family would feel obligated to use the attorney who's holding the files hostage. Okay. Yeah. Um, could be a cost involved, right? Um, so I don't hold original documents because, one, I'm afraid of a problem outside of normal business hours. And if you have a heart attack on Sunday night, no one's here to to rescue you and get the documents. Uh, And also, if there was like a fire or a flood or something like that, I don't want, you know, my basement window flood to ruin plans for 100 clients. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just that that's asking for trouble. Um, But yeah, if I did, I'd charge a fee. Okay, just like a safe deposit box does. So you'll have to pay for it. You should pay for it if you're doing it. So there'll be storage uh, fees there. Um, and then also, I don't know if it's a con of, of 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 you know per se, but there's other options now. Okay, you know you can get a safe or a fireproof box uh, or something like that for you know a few hundred bucks. It's not that big of a deal, you know. And you can get it from Walmart or Amazon. You know, for goodness sake, we got a, a big safe on Black Friday a few years ago, and they even delivered it to us. So there are so many convenient cheap options you know that are accessible to people so the lawyer is not the only way that they can have their documents safely stored yeah. okay it's accessible to everyone and heck i'll be honest we got a decent sized uh, safe and it's nice i get to put some of my other important papers in there you know not just my estate plan so it, it's been super uh, it's been super convenient for me um so i'm glad i have it so You know, I guess the other one, it's not necessarily a con uh, of this happening, but I'm telling you there's better options uh, or or multiple other options out there to be aware of.
2: Okay. Well, a good uh, layout of what this could actually look like and why you may or may not want to do it. And some good advice, just general practice for for you in storing your documents because it is important to keep them safe. That is number one on the list is to protect these documents after you spend the time to put them together. But if you haven't put yours together yet, I encourage you please to do so. Protect you and your loved ones, keep them from having to deal with any of the hassle that will come from probate and just make sure your wishes are met. That's uh, what's most important. So close it out. Nick, any other final thoughts on this topic before we finish it?
1: Well, you know, and obviously one of the things you can do with all this You know, use technology, you know, scanned copy of the documents, like you want safe and accessible. Those, of course, seem like opposites of each other, but I can have my paper version safe and I can have a scanned copy accessible, you know, on my email or Dropbox or Mm -hmm. iCloud or something like that. Um, So play the best of both worlds, okay? Technology, and again, I'm not a huge tech guy, but in situations like that, it's great. Okay, safe but accessible, okay? If it's not safe, it doesn't do you much good. And if it's not accessible, it doesn't do you much good. Okay, so yeah. so, so find the balance and, and just kind of use every tool uh, available for you. Um, j- just something to keep in mind, okay? And this is like practical, this isn't even really, you know, like legal advice on today's episode, but it's just once you have it, needs to be accessible to the right people, but also needs to be safe. Okay. here's some options. You know, you look at your house, what you're comfortable with and and who's in charge and how much you trust them um, just to kind of help you uh, fill in the gaps here.
2: All right. Very good. Well, that'll do it for us here on the show. We appreciate you listening and being a part of another episode of Complete Estate Planning. If you have questions for Nick, you can always get in touch with him by scheduling a call through the website, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. That's the easiest way to do so. Click the button, get on his calendar. Again, cincinnatiestateplan.com. And the phone number for the office, 513-463-6789. All right, Nick, good luck with uh, the coaching coming up here. I know you're – game planning and you're in the war room putting the strategies together for a new season. I'm sure. right?
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll let you know if they have a draft, you know, of, <laughs> uh, of the kiddos and see if I can, uh, let's see if there's like a scouting combine, you know, for, for the little three and four year olds. I love um, it. but I'll tell you what, um, if any of you are listening in Monroe and you have a three or four year old wanting to play candy league soccer, uh, this fall, We could use some more coaches, and, uh, yeah, I'm going to out-coach you, but I'll also uh, teach you a couple things along the way. So, love to have you. Very good.
2: Well, thanks for being a part of Complete (laughs) Estate Planning. Hit subscribe wherever you listen as well, and we appreciate you for doing so. Nick, have a good week.
1: Thanks. You too.
0: The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office based in West Chester, Ohio and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for complete estate planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us. Or visit Cincinnati Estate to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's Cincinnati EstatePlan.com.